Trek to Home. With Phoenix and Stu. What happens when a Trekkie and a Hoovian get together with a mission to convert each other? Find out as Phoenix and Stu take it in turns to show off episodes of Star Trek and Doctor Who, all with the aim of getting each other to love their show. Experience the highs and lows of each series and come with us for the ride as we travel from Trek to Who. Hello, hello, hello. It's uh, me. Hi, I'm Stu. And I'm Phoenix. And this is Trek to Who, where we travel backwards and forwards in time and we uh, go and discuss Doctor Who episodes and Star Trek episodes and we're going to find out if either one of us loves or hates the episodes that the other one has chosen, basically. Yeah, sort of trying to convert each other. So it's a bit of fun. We quite enjoy it anyway because it means we get to watch our favourite shows. That's right. And um, then get to talk about it, which is something that we really love to do. Yes, uh, it's my time again this week. So we're back to Doctor Who and we're going for the eighth series, which is Clara and uh, the Doctor. And that is Peter Capaldi and Jenna Louise Coleman. Uh, Yes, uh, it's... It was a little bit hard to get used to Peter Capaldi's Doctor after he regenerated from Matt Smith because they're so different. So you had... Think of yourself back if you're watching Doctor Who from the new from the new series starting. So Christopher Eccleston regenerated into David Tennant and then David Tennant into Matt Smith. So you had three relatively young men mm. take on the role. And then it's Peter Capaldi and he's all stern and he looks a bit like... Uh, I don't know, like a stern headmaster, you know, like you're in trouble all the time. So just imagine the difference in how the audience would take that. Yeah, because most of the, the the previous three had sort of, I don't know, softer features and more sort of a more kindly look than Peter Capaldi had. So it was a bit of a stark difference. But and even the personality is obviously different because of the different actors. However, the the doctor's actual personality is still there. It's just shown in a different way. That's right. And it's kind of apt that we're doing Peter Capaldi because it's this week just gone was 10 years since he was unveiled as the 12th doctor. Wow. So 10 years to the week, just gone. So it's very apt that we're actually doing a Peter Capaldi. Uh, But unfortunately, we're doing the one that fans dislike the most, or they have the most problems with, and it's Kill the Moon. Ooh, okay. Okay. What can I tell you about Kill the Moon without giving it away? (laughs) Ah, you know what? Uh, We're going to need a pit stop, I think. Uh, What do I mean by that? There's a certain aspect of Kill the Moon that needs to be introduced first. So let's take a little break and we're going to watch The Caretaker first. Okay. So let's watch The Caretaker and then you're going to see a certain aspect that's introduced in The Caretaker that carries on into Kill the Moon. I can't tell you any more than that, but that's one of the reasons why this this story is disliked just a wee bit. So we're not going to do a supercut. We're not going to make you listen to it all with us. If you want to watch The Caretaker, watch The Caretaker. This is just to get Phoenix up to speed on who or what 
the aspect is in the caretaker that carries on over to kill the moon and needs to be introduced first so let's do this in three two one let's watch the caretaker and we'll come back and we'll get phoenix's opinion on this serial and uh what he thinks if he likes it if he hates it he might give it a rating just a quick one then we can go on to the episode we're talking about today so here we go then all right we've just watched the caretaker all that running around coal hill school and the mm. skybox blitzer and uh Yes, sir. Yes, P.E. Oh, why are you going out with a soldier? Oh, and of course, Courtney Woods. Mmm. Mmm, Courtney. Courtney, 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 Courtney. The most stereotypical, annoying, chav-type schoolgirl they could find. (laughs) Well, I I I take it you're not a fan. Not a massive fan. Because it just reminded me of being back in school and how I didn't get on with the people like that and yeah like people like her when I was in school would literally scare me because they're like oh they've got a lot of attitude I don't want to go near them she does have a lot of attitude and it sort of reminded me of that and it's like you don't need to be like that you're a kid okay like chill there are a couple of things about caretaker then what do you think about Clara's relationship with Danny yeah that's um that I thought was going to go south but I don't. I don't know what to make of that. To be honest, I think it's it's sweet. It's really sweet, and you can see that she really cares. But at the same time, I can understand why he was annoyed at not being told about all this, not being trusted. You know, the, the assumption that he wouldn't understand and wouldn't support it, kind of thing, was a bit like, yeah, I, I can understand where he was coming from with that one. But hopefully, having spoken to each other and communicated more. That should work out between them. I thought it was quite sweet. Well, yeah, I'd say there's a bit of more of a grudging respect after yeah. he helped defeat the Skobox Blitzer. Yeah, I think that might have, um, I don't know, peed on her fire a little bit. Because, you That's know, a good way of putting it. she wanted to be the big hero with the Doctor and all of a sudden he came in and sort of stole her thunder a little bit. So I can kind of see that she'd be annoyed at that. But at the same time proud as well she's because more... he's gone from not knowing anything about it to being thrust into this really weird world where you know aliens and oh goodness knows what else and yet still had the presence of mind to deal with that situation the way he did instead of just freaking out i mean okay he did still freak out but he managed to regain that presence of mind to actually deal with the situation a lot better than you or I ever could when oh. fa- when faced with something like that in real life. So you like his character then? He's yeah, all right. I don't, yeah, I quite like him. Okay. The actual Doctor, Peter Capaldi, first time you've actually seen him mm. as the Doctor because you didn't watch this season or any season with Peter Capaldi in. No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. So what do you think of his characterisation, his portrayal as the Doctor? Put it this way, he's no David Tennant. Um, I, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I, I actually quite like the fact that the Doctor's being portrayed so differently. It's a very stark contrast to the happy, bubbly, jovial David Tennant's Doctor. He's a lot more serious. It's a lot darker in places. It's a lot um, gruffer, shall we say. 
but he plays the role very, very well. Very well. It's a bit funny in places. There is a bit of a twinkle in his eye. He's yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. There, there are, there are some, some comedic elements and some little bits of humour added in there, of course. But on the whole, he's a lot more serious than some of the other Doctors were. But I suppose that's a good thing because it's like you know, there's so much. Uh, there's something called having too much of a good thing. <laughs> so. If you want everything to be light-hearted and bubbly and airy all the time, it will eventually get to the point where you're sick of it. So if you change things up a little bit and have some darkness in there, some more serious bits in there mixed in with the humour, it sort of eases that away from being too samey-samey and makes it a bit more interesting because you don't actually know which way it's going to go next is he still going to be serious or is this going to turn into a jokey part or or whatever you know it, it makes it a little bit more fun to watch and find out how it's going to play out all right now we move on to disruptive influence what do you actually think of courtney's character i know you've, you've brushed on it i've brushed on it i'm not a fan uh she's obnoxious she grates on me um the attitude mm, i don't know to be honest she's very pushy yes and that's what i disliked the most was how pushy she was it's like look not everybody gets their own way stomping your feet and throwing a tantrum and forcing your way through because you don't get your own way is never the way to go in life I'm going to pick up on that so what do you think of her being shown the inside of the TARDIS and she actually went for a little ride at the end yeah I actually um, thought to myself I thought it was only the companions and the Doctor that get to go inside, inside the TARDIS apart from very rare exceptions yeah um, but of all the people to make an exception for I did not think she would be the kind of person he would do that with it's l- literally what Okay, you've seen Patrick Troughton as the Doctor, and so that's literally the only classic Doctor, in air quotes, that you've seen, yeah? Yes. I believe so. Oh, no, there was two. There was two? Troughton and... Oh, what was that other one that was set in a holiday park? Oh, Sylvester McCoy. That's it, Sylvester McCoy. Right. Yeah, so I've seen those two. Okay. Uh, yeah, you said the inside of the TARDIS is shown in rare circumstances. Sylvester McCoy showed uh, the holiday park manager the inside just to prove yes. he was a Time Lord. Yes. But... So, you know, for, for something like that... Yeah, it's just I like can proving... understand if it's important because he needs that person's help yeah. and showing them the inside of the TARDIS is the only way they'll understand and trust him to then use their help to fulfil whatever it is he's trying to do. Fair enough. But to take someone on a joyride for no actual solid reason that's a bit like why are you doing that it's a bit it diminishes the magic of the TARDIS it does it does because there's no mystery to it then is there anybody can come in you know exactly it's it's open doors now anybody it's like if you want to just come in for a day trip and just uh, just put your coat on the hanger and let's peel down the uh, the intergalactic M14, you know, mm. the intergalactic motorway and just go anywhere in the world you want to go, you know. There's no barrier now. He's broken that down with Courtney coming in and, and going, what's in there? Oh, my God, it's that, uh, it's that, uh, it's that time machine. Oh, my God, I'm going to go here. Let's go out and let's go for a little joyride, whatever it was at the end. Um, and... It's, it's so out of character with the Doctor. It's like, how? Oh, really, really out of character. It's like, 
literally we were like what are you doing it, it, it was a bit like that alright so let's kill the moon then let's find out why this episode is hated so much let's have a supercar and so we're going to rustle and uh, get things ready and uh, set the DVD up we've got the complete 8th series DVD in front of us that's how we're going to watch this episode and if you want to join us please do you might be able to find it on a streaming service but we're watching it on the DVD so uh, whatever method you are using using to watch the episode do it in about five seconds let's do it phoenix ready to kill the moon i'm ready three two one let's kill that moon all right we're recording supercut time supercut time supercut time play look who's there phoenix look who's there oh yeah I quite like this intro actually. I was going to ask you, Pete. It's, what it's like think? looking at the inside of a pocket watch. <laughs> it actually is. You've got the cogs, you've got the time, you've got mm. the space. It's very serious though, isn't it? Yeah. There's not much whimsical. No, that's it's what I was very saying about... Like, scientific kind of... Mm. This is serious sci-fi in a way. Yeah. that the TARDIS wardrobe had a spacesuit that fits a, a nine-year-old. Or however old she is, she's a bit older than nine. Well, still. She's a year nine, so that would make her 13. So it's nice that the TARDIS wardrobe had a spacesuit that fits a 13-year-old. Yeah. But this is not an alien, it's the freaking moon. How can the moon be an alien? Think about that, Faith. Think about it. How can the moon be an alien? That is a key question. It is for possible. It's a key question for this episode. Thing. There are alien. Is it possible that there are aliens that are made of rock? Professionals have that. Is that the best you can get? <laughs> is, it just, is that the best you can get? Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Best that money could buy, you know. I mean, that's the equivalent of sending Boris Johnson into war. <laughs> Church Wellian spirit. Get through this. Pepper Pig World. Pepper Pig World. <laughs> He'll never live that down. <laughs> oh, wow. But how, how is there cobwebs? Spiders on the moon? Venera Luna San Pedro. It was privately financed. They were doing a mineral survey up here. How can spiders survive on the moon? 
feet. Pretty much all the satellites had been whacked out of orbit. Well, whatever they've done to it, they try, if they were trying to make it um, more habitable, so they were trying to turn it into another Earth, basically. So they'd change its atmospheric composition and its gravitational forces. It's going to be very difficult for them to focus on a mission while babysitting at the same time. Hey, look, look at me, look. It's all right if you're not. I'm fine. So it's okay if you're not. We're just taking you to the moon. You know, it's just a field trip. Mm. Go sit on the bus if you're feeling sick. How you put together. <laughs> or maybe how you taste it. You not find any minerals on the moon at all. Nada. What can that be? The moon's made of rock. That is a mineral. It's obviously made of something different. I don't think he's going to be around much longer. Why would you go towards the sound? <laughs> bye bye. Yeah. What the hell is that? Jim, is that you? She's actually kind of creepy. I think we'll find a radio. Oh my god. <laughs> well done for not swearing, Pete. Believe me, I was close. It's like some kind of spider scorpion thing. It's an arachnid at least. There must be another exit through there. What the? Good stuff, Courtney. Just don't try that at all. She okay? killed it with Mr. Muscle. As if. Why did I just fly? Did you say germs? Look at the size of it. It's the size of a badger. Doctor. It's a prokaryotic, unicellular life form. It's a germ. Which is a germ. Please, can I go home now? I'm really sorry. But I'd like to go home. This is why you don't open the targets for 14 year olds, Doctor. Yep. It's like you plan a big day out with your family and then the kid just wants to go back to the car. Mm. Oh, my feet are tired. I want to go home. But haven't I just got here? You know what that is? Of course I know what a juju of care is. What are you suggesting? She's fine. What are you, 35? 15. 15. 15. There you go, she's... She's still a teenager. Yeah. You got any games? Got any, any games in there? Got any games in there? It's not water. It's amniotic fluid. The stuff that life comes from. I go down there. Doctor. Amniotic fluid? Are you getting closer now to what the secret is? I will be back. That, but how is that? It's almost as if the moon is a giant womb. The moon is a giant what? Womb. Oh. Will he be back? What about the school? Does the secretary have a number? I can't. The secretary hates me. She thinks I gave her a packet of tenor ladies for Secret Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Secretary hates me. Oh, I, I know what the problem is. Scan what's down there. The moon is pregnant. <clears throat> of some form. 
It's not infested. What are they then? Those things? Bacteria. That doesn't live under the moon. That is the moon. What the hell are you talking about? The moon isn't breaking apart. The moon is hatching. Huh? It's an egg. The moon's an egg. <laughs> the moon is an egg. It's no more malleable than the past. You do this to some kind of point. Sorry. Well, actually, no, I'm not sorry. It's time to take the stabilizers off your bike. Hmm. It's your moon. Womankind. It's your choice. And you're just going to stand there? Absolutely. It's actually a bit harsh of him, really, isn't it? Well, think of it from his point of view. But he's right, he can't yeah. interfere. It's, it's a bit like the equivalent of Star Trek's prime director, isn't it? An astronaut in a school He's literally leaving it to them to decide whether to kill a living being to save a world or no. not. That's quite clever, actually. It's the Big Brother eviction to be all Big Brother evictions. Mm. To save the baby takes eight double one double nine. <laughs> to kill the baby. Six eight double one two zero. <laughs> Calls cost no more than fifty pence. That's funny. Can you imagine what that must feel like? The fate of the moon, the egg, the creature is in the hands of people that voted Brexit. <laughs> No, all around the world, the lights, lights are going on. Lights are going off. They want to kill it. Mm. Yeah, look at that. Everyone. Everyone. Wow. We can't risk it all just to be nice. Not one light okay. remained on. Miss? Crazy, isn't it? Seconds. You can't! Sorry, girls. See you on the other side. Two. Three. One, two, three. Into the dark. What's happening? Let's go have a look, shall we? Huh. Talk about last second. Bloody irresponsible idiots. Mind your language, please. There are children present. You should have left me there. It's beautiful. And there we go, it's cycle with That's what we call a new room. You can be the first woman on that. Just like that. Back to normal. I know that it's only my business, but I think you did the right thing. Yeah, you're right. It's none of your business. Come on, Connie, off you go. Double geography. Can we do it again? Go, go, go. Chop, chop. What you need, Doctor, I'll smack you so hard you'll regenerate. <laughs> <laughs> That's a threat now. I know they don't destroy their nests. Essentially, what I knew was that you would always make the best choice. I had faith that you would always make the right choice. That was me respecting you. Oh my god, really? Was it? Yeah, what respected is not how I feel. <laughs> What if that abandoned?
rather than Sorry, respected. Uh, I nearly didn't press that button. I nearly got it wrong. That was you. My friend, making me scared, making me feel like a bloody idiot. Language. Oh, don't you ever tell me to mind my language. Don't you ever tell me to take the stabilizers off my back. And don't you dare look me in with the rest of all the little humans that you think are so tiny and silly and predictable. You walk our earth, Doctor. You breathe our air. You make us your friend, then that is your mood too. And you can damn well help us when we need it. I was helping. What, by clearing off? Yes. Yeah, well, clear off. Go on. You can clear off, get back in your lonely, your lonely bloody toys and you don't come back. Oh. You hurt her bad, Doctor. Don't make a rush decision. <laughs> Why did you let Timmy come so wise? <laughs> yeah, it's the giant space egg. <laughs> wow, there we go. Alright then, so that was Kill the Moon. That was <laughs> unexpected. Let's take a little break and let's uh, come back in a bit and um, we'll do the little wrap up thing we usually do, alright? Let's yeah. do it, alright. Alright then, so that was Kill the Moon. Lots of things to talk about. Loads of different mm. events, things that happened in that kind of... There wasn't really that many characters in it, but no. it felt like there were more than there were because there was so much packed into that little episode. Yes, there was. There was a heck of a lot. I mean, at first, when when you first introduced to the other characters with the, the, the bombs and things, it's like, huh? But even before that, with Courtney being back in the TARDIS again and Clara trying to make a leave, but also trying to make him say that she's special because the fact that he didn't before was kind of what was making her really annoying and then he just starts it and off they go it's like why would you do that why 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 because now you've got to babysit while you're trying to do whatever it is you're going to do and it's just like huh <laughs> I, I, I didn't understand the logic behind that decision however as annoying as she was in the beginning and in the bit where she went and sat in the TARDIS because she wanted to go home and she was bored and basically being a, a typical kid sitting on her phone and, and, and whatnot, sort of, you know, yeah, so you go sit in the car while the grown-ups go and do what they do. Um, after that, when she sort of changed her mind and came back out again and wanted to help, it showed that even in that brief time, she'd sort of grown up a little bit. And the amount of character development she had in that one episode alone to go from that really annoying teenager to someone that actually was ever so slightly helpful and a bit more mature and awestruck really about everything that was going on and genuinely learning something I thought was actually not that bad I, I quite liked that element to it when towards the end oh my god it's laid a new egg kind of thing was just but yeah egg 
egg? What? There you go. I mean, that, that, that blew my mind. That, that literally blew my mind. Like, yeah. the moon is a freaking egg. The moon is an egg. To this weird looking dragon thing. Well. It literally looked like a space dragon. What do you think about that then? The celestial body is definitively an egg. What I don't understand, scientifically, if that wasn't an egg, it wouldn't have its own gravitational force. And it wouldn't therefore affect earth in any way with the way the moon's gravity affects the tides on earth and, and things like that and that to me just like what how how because how can an egg have gravity how can it you know big because it's just it's forever changing as this thing is growing so i suppose the only way you could liken it is it's not actually gravity it's more the energy it's using to grow inside of this egg is what's actually affecting things around it because of the amount of energy it's drawing in from those things. So the high tides could be when it's drawing that energy in and it goes to low tide when it's had enough as if it's feeding on the energy and when it's had enough and it stops feeding, we then have low tide. For example, that's one way of looking at it that, that my mind instantly went to to try and explain away the fact that if it's an egg, how does it have gravity? Or how does it affect the Earth in some way? I thought it was really powerful when Clara put that message out. If you want to kill it, turn your lights off. And every single light went off. But then at the last second, she changed her mind and halted the bomb. Just as the doctor turns up and ushers everybody into the TARDIS to then go and show them this thing hatching and go, see, it's harmless. It's like, if you knew that, why did you do this? Like, I've never known him to run away and abandon his um, companion before now in, in, in that way. That to me felt like, wow, that's a harsh move. That's a lot of responsibility to place on Clara, especially with a 15-year-old teenager in the situation as well. It's like... All times to do that with Courtney there, really, Doctor. But in a way, it's also a bit, we kind of do that to our own children, where you throw them in at the deep end and expect them to just learn. Sometimes that is the best way to learn, but at, at the same time, it can feel really, really scary because you've been abandoned, you don't know what to do, you're scared, and everything like that. And that's what caused Clara's really powerful outburst at the end where she basically had to go at the doctor and told him to go and whatever the argument, like a like a breakup type thing. Okay, I'm going to pick up on that. Um, you said about throwing your children at the deep end and things like that, but that is a part of everyday life. Yes. But what is Clara... What's the point of throwing Clara in the deep end? What's the end goal for the doctor doing that? She's not a time lady. She's not a no. time lord. She's his assistant... For goodness knows how long or something happens to mm. her and she has to leave the TARDIS for some reason. Mm. I mean, I know what happens to her. Uh, you don't yet. No. But there is a reason why she can't travel with a doctor now. Um, but until that happens, she's his assistant. So what is the... It's not like, oh, we have to throw you in the deep end. You're my child. You get to figure this out on your own mm. because this is life. It's literally... Bye-bye, I cat. mean, that, that's, <laughs> him, that's him saying to her... This is your life at present. You need to be able to deal with these kind of things while you're my companion. But it's also character development and I things guess. like that. So it's it's 
proving to her that she is stronger than she thinks and all things like that, those little underlying things about strength and integrity and other little, other little things like that, which is why it is similar to what you do. He was teaching her yeah, in a, in a way. He's not teaching her to be the doctor. No. But that's what it came across as. Because it, it, it's not it did up a little bit, It's yes. not up to her to make those decisions. She's not the doctor. No. But that also makes me touch on a, on a point where it kind of overlaps with Star Trek a little bit. Star Trek, or Starfleet specifically within Star Trek, have what they call the Prime Directive. And the main thing of that is not to interfere in alien life. So any species that they meet, they are not to influence the future of that species they're not to introduce new technologies they're not to they're not to shape it in any way they're to they, they can meet them and make contact and, and and learn what they can from them and so on but they're not supposed to change anything in that way and that breaches the prime directive in a way the doctor must have some other similar kind of moral where on certain situations he feels he must not interfere because it was only going to, or they thought it was only going to affect Earth, and that is Clara's home. And as the human of the TARDIS, that would be why she had to be involved in that decision in that way because of the fact that they happened to be there, wrong place, wrong time, I guess. And that's why she was thrown in at the deep end, as it were. Do you think he would have come back if she wouldn't have pressed the button? To be honest, I think he would have done either way. He mm. certainly wouldn't have um, let her die like that if, if it was going to kill her off. Because, as the other astronaut said, she didn't expect to survive it anyway. As in, she was fully expecting to go up with the bombs. And that would have happened to Clara and Courtney. Now... I like to think that Clara was the reason he came back and so on and so forth. But at the same time, Courtney, he couldn't let anything happen to her either. So I think he would have come back regardless because of Courtney. But he waited until the very, very last second. He knew what was going to happen timings wise. And that's why he appeared at that exact moment. The second she hit that button and disarmed that bomb, he was there. Because obviously, being a time lord, he knows. He he, he knew where it was going to happen. But it's almost like saying, "Well done, you made the right choice. Let's go home." But you know, would, sort of, yeah. It was like there was like, like, there was ding, no reward ding, ding, for it. That's the right choice. You've won a trip in the TARDIS. Apart from it being a life lesson, and maybe a lesson to Courtney as well, because I think it was important for her um, to allow her to maybe grow up a little bit and sort of stop being the way she was because as you saw in, in, in the episode she started to apologise for the way she was and things like that which I think that trip opened her eyes to life in general and things like that and, and choices and decisions and behaviours and things like that and I think that was vital but at the same time I don't think that it would have had the same impact without Courtney in the story I think she was pivotal to it even though it was controversial because of her being allowed at the time, so I think she was pivotal to it. Okay, what do you think of the last couple of scenes then, when Clara really goes at it at the Doctor for abandoning them, and then she tells him basically to pee off? I felt that. I mean, <laughs> let's just say she is an amazing actress. 
the emotion you pick up from that scene. Yeah. I mean, it made me almost want to cry mm. because I could feel the hurt there. You could see it in her face. She really, really was hurt. She really thought that he would just abandon them like that and that he didn't care. And it's like, stop trying to make me you. you yeah. Know, I'm not you. Exactly. I'm your assistant. I'm your companion. And you... I'm here to help, but I'm, I'm not to here help. to take the reins. I'm not here to make these decisions. I know it's supposed to be my earth, my moon, whatever, but I'm not you. You know, this is not fair. Mm. You know, I've got to take care of Courtney. You've thrown us all the way to this place. You know, you're the one that th flew us here. You know, how would you like to be the first woman on the moon, he says. Mm. So it's his fault that they were there and... He, he, he caused the mess by taking them there, he so did. he should have fixed it. He yes. should have, well, he should have hung around, if not mm. fixing it. Because as the situation developed, you know, he learned more about it as we did. Yeah. You know, it's like, why are there bombs? Okay, this is why there are bombs. Why are you blowing up the moon? Ah, Okay, now the moon is not the moon. The moon is an egg. The egg is protecting a, a creature. You still want to kill it. I don't want to be part of this decision. I'm going to mess off while you make this decision. Oh, wait, you made the right decision. I knew you would anyway. I'm going to come back and pretend everything's hunky-dory. Bam, anger. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it, I can see exactly why she felt that way and exactly why that outburst was needed. But I also think that that in itself will cause him to gain more respect for her yeah. as well. Because sometimes it feels like even though she she's appreciated, if you know what I mean, not always fully respected. But for him as well as for yeah. Clara. So there's got to be a boundary there. Like, yeah. ah, this is my... Okay, in this dynamic, I am still the teacher... I'm still the one that has to make the decisions. Even though you're the school teacher, I am the time teacher. Yeah. You know? No, exactly. He was still teaching in a certain way, although his way was very unorthodox. But then again, very. that's the doctor. The doctor is very unorthodox, as yes. it is. And, of course, the next episode, as we saw there, the next one where there was a mummy on the Flying Orient Express, the fact that she was still travelling with him. What do you think of that? I kind of had a feeling that she would because as she was talking to her very loving and all of a sudden much more supportive partner I thought that was great though. that was that was really great that is, he turned around and said those, those words you can't be done with someone while they still make you angry that's the same as saying don't go to bed in the middle of an argument yeah. make up first kind of thing so you know You'll talk again. Your, you know, your your bond is too strong. That's what you and your partner do. Don't go to bed in an argument. Mm. That's your, exactly. one of your rules. Exactly. Exactly. You talk it through so, first. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the way it should be. And that's basically what he was saying to Clara. No, you can't be done. You're still angry and ranting and raving about it. Calm down. Then talk to him. And I'm sure it'll all be fine. Kind of thing. Uh, in not so many words. And that I'm guessing is exactly what happened. All right then, positivity sandwich time for time for you to pick up two things you liked, one thing you didn't. So, what's the one thing you liked at the beginning, or what's the one thing you're going to start a positivity sandwich on? Um, overall character development throughout the whole thing, um, from from start to finish, the actual arc of development that the characters took throughout the story while trying to come to terms with this decision and the things they were facing. 
made quite a big jump in character for all of them really so that's that's the first thing that I like and then the one thing you didn't in this if there is anything that other astronaut that, that other lady <laughs> um, upon finding out that the moon was an egg first words out of her mouth how do we kill it well think of it from I, I, I can understand where she's coming from okay. you know you don't know what it is it's massive it's an alien of some form and also, first thought is it's going to destroy my home and everyone well, I know also in that story we've just watched it was destroying the earth it, it, was, yeah, it, it was having an effect, yeah, yes. It was having so effect. I can completely understand, but at the same time, it's that whole moral dilemma of, but it's a life, and all life has the right to be life. That creature, whatever it was, had as much right to be alive as we do, as anything on our planet or anything on any other planet, because there must be other life out there somewhere. Um, in reality as well so they've got just as much right to be alive so that little moral dilemma bit and not really thinking it through and just going how do we kill it without actually thinking it through was what I sort of didn't like as much Janeway and Tuvix yes exactly <laughs> that, because that was the same thing I didn't like about Tuvix wasn't it it was Roughly. it's like how do we kill it how do we get back Tuvok and Neelix yeah, it's the first thing she does that's you know? why I'm quite glad that you chose this episode straight after doing Tuvix because I'm not even thinking they, you know, they, I they, didn't know they were a very similar theme in, 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 interwoven the whole moral dilemma about life I mean in the case of Voyager with Janeway it was do we sacrifice one life for the good of two mm, or this is um, I mean as Spock would say the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And that's so, why and that's why she made the decision that she made. Well, that's why all of humanity turned their lights off. Because well, yes. they were dying on Earth because their creature was hatching yes. and it was causing her you know, the earthquakes and the volcanoes and uh, the uh, the tsunamis or whatever it was doing yeah. on Earth. And that's why I understand the decision that they made. Um but then I can also understand Clara's decision of stopping it because of the, because in her mind that's a life. But you still want to put the other astronaut as your bad bit of the positivity sandwich. Yeah, because okay. I actually liked her a little less than I did Courtney. Uh, you honestly thought it was Courtney was going to be I thought Courtney was going to be middle. the one big bugbear for the whole thing, but actually she wasn't. Okay, the other... Ending on a positivity note then. So your other half of the positivity sandwich. The emotion and the power within the episode. Clara's um, outburst towards the Doctor... And then her speaking with her partner and the way he sort of tried to calm her down and explain, you know, no, you're not done because you're still angry. And, you know, how very loving that was and how close their bond had gotten over the space of the last couple of episodes and things like that. And how you could feel every word she said and the fact that it made me want to nearly cry while she was giving this outburst. Absolutely impeccable acting. All right, when it was uh, broadcast, uh, 4.81 million viewers overnight, but a total of 6.91 million viewers uh, across uh, the, the entirety of it being available, I'm guessing, on iPlayer as well. Um, and it re received an audience appreciation score of 82 out of 100. Your, ver your verdict, your points out of 10, Fee? 7.5. 
Oh, that's seven point five. Okay, that's very is that, is that definitive. Hi, is that higher than you thought it would be, or not? I mean, for it's all the reasons for all the reasons say. that I've stated, it was very, very nearly an eight. Very nearly. Um, I can't quite put my finger on why it wasn't, but it was it, it was close, very close to being an eight. I really enjoyed the episode. Some questionable science behind it, but lots of emotion, impeccable acting, great character development. All in all, a very enjoyable watch. But I can also, I think I knocked a couple of points off because Courtney was a main character, which I felt shouldn't really have happened, like a lot of people did. So, but then again, if she hadn't have been in the episode, it wouldn't have had the same impact um, because you wouldn't have seen her major arc of character development throughout that episode. From going from teenager and attitude to actually somewhat mature and understanding more about science and life and things like that, and actually learning something, I thought was fantastic. Uh, it's actually the lowest you've ranked a Doctor Who episode, I think, because you gave uh, the first one, the Sylvester McCoy, Delta and the Bannerman, you gave that, uh, I think, an 8 or an 8.5. You gave you definitely gave uh, the uh, Enemy of the World a 9.5. Yes. Um, you yes, liked that, that one. Yes, that was very, very And then this one, you've given 7.5. don't think we've watched any others, have we? No. No. No, we haven't yet. I um, lose so track. Yes, it, 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 is, it is the lowest... But it's not by much, no. and it's not to say I didn't enjoy it. So What's coming up next time, Fee? We are going to Star Trek The Next Generation, and we will be searching for the inner light. That sounds interesting. Is it supposed to be a good one? Yes, definitely a good one. One uh, of the highest rated episodes of the entire seven seasons. All right, then, tell us where we can find you online, Fee. So I am on Twitter, Dragons289, and I'm also on Instagram, Burning underscore Phoenix, Phoenix spelt with a Y. And you can also email the both of us as well on trek to who at gmail.com, T-R-E-K-T-O-W-H-O at gmail.com. I think I got that right. You did. And where can we find you? I am on Instagram as Mundane Insane. I was on, or I say Twitter, it's X now, isn't it? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. I forgot X. about that. Extraordinary X. Sorry, that's a Liberty X song. Yeah, no, of Extra- course, yeah. It just makes X. me think of that. Yeah, it's, it's I know. Just Never X. understood that. Uh, okay, so I, I am on X, but I don't X much. No, neither do I, to be fair. I, I, I don't use it as much. Um, but we are there, and you can contact yeah, us I'm if you wish. Uh, yeah, I am on I am on X uh, somewhere. If you want to find me, then uh, look for my uh, profile picture, and I am there somewhere. Um, but I'm thinking of just deactivating X because I really don't use it that much. I use it more for just peering and looking and getting the latest news on Doctor Who releases and things like that. I pretty much use it for for various news things as well. I don't use it for much else other than that exactly all right then thank you for joining us um it's been a blast hope you've enjoyed the episode we've enjoyed uh watching it and critiquing it a lot and uh it's good to do this podcast and it's good to uh get some feedback that i've had some actual you know proper feedback from people and uh, they seem to like the podcast yeah same i've had some positive feedback as well from people I know who have listened to us. So thank, thank you ever you. so much for that. It means a thank heck of a lot to know that you enjoy it as much as we enjoy it. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, so next time then, we're off to Star Trek land. We're off to the next generation. Is that the Enterprise? It is the Enterprise. Oh, I'm getting good with my Star Trek knowledge. I just pulled that out of thin air. Could have been anything. I'll make a Trekkie out of you yet. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a first. All right then, see you later. Say goodbye, Fee. Bye, Fee. <laughs> yes. See you later. Bye. Bye.